0: Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you all this morning. Uh, Obviously, uh, some of you uh, filled in these cards uh, to say uh, you asked for it, you could ask a question or so. And so this month, uh, we're making a response to those questions. We're not saying that is the full answer. It is just a response. And so um, the question that came up for I'm going to put response to it is... Yes, are we getting it up? Oh, yes. What is the difference between the spirit, the soul, and the body? And what about emotional healing? And you probably think, oh, what, what have all these things to do with each other? But I tell you, it uh, will come clear as we go. I'll just get my notes out. Um, so quite often, the world, talks about, the world talks about the body, soul, and spirit. They always do the body first soul, and the spirit last. But really, the Bible talks about the spirit, the soul, and the body. And why would that be? Because the spirit is the most important part. And the soul, that is us, is also very important. And the body, well, the body will waste away. And as we know, it is made from dust, and it will go back to dust. Till we get resurrected in our new body. So, is there a difference between the spirit and the soul and the body? Well, we we all know the body. You're here, you're all here in your body. Maybe you're also here in your spirit, but you're all here in body. And this morning, uh, when you woke up, when you went probably to the bathroom and to the shower, and you had a look in the mirror, and you said, good morning, to yourself. Because we can touch ourselves, we can see others in body, And so we are here in the body, and I hope that your spirit is switched on this morning. So maybe you have heard that uh, you or we, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And obviously, we're going to have a look at it, and we're going to have a look at it from the biblical perspective. So, what does the Bible teach us about the spirit? The soul and the body. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, it's, it writes Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Completely. That is a, quite a big word. And may your whole spirit also, there's a lot more to that as well, your soul and a body to be preserved blamelessly at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that is good to know that the Bible talks about these different parts. In Hebrews, it goes even a little bit further. It says, Hebrews 4, verse 12, and you all know this verse, but now we're going to look at it from a different perspective. For the word of God is living and powerful. We know that. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, but it's piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. So the word of God speaks to our soul, but also the word of God speaks to our spirit. And how he speaks to our soul is quite different how he speaks through our spirit. It also says, um, and of joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so that is, we're realizing that this book is really powerful. It is. It's got power. In many countries, you're not allowed to even have a book like this because they know how powerful it is and how it can change people's life. And so they don't want you to become a, a god person or a god follower. They want you to to, to follow the government. Well, the government has no hope. We have got a beautiful government. We are very grateful, but we can't look to the government for our hope and for our salvation. That is this book. So let's have a, a closer look at uh, what these three parts mean. So the spirit is usually called our inner man. Yeah, it's quite, quite hidden within us. And the soul is called our outer man. Although we can't see the soul, but we operate uh, through the soul quite a bit. And that the body is the most outer, outer man of us that's what we can see. So if we think of the body, you know, we can touch it, we can see it, because the body has five senses. It can hear, it can see, it can smell, it can taste, and it can touch. So that's the the body, is how it communicates with the world around us. If you didn't have one of those, you haven't got them, then it's more difficult to operate in the world we live in. And we got arms and legs and We got organs and all of that, but our biggest organ is our skin. We're not really talking about that, but our biggest organ is our skin. And thank God we got skin, because otherwise we would be all over the place. Our skin holds everything together, and that everything has its right place. So that's how God ordered it. You know, exactly know where, where our kidneys are. They're all in our body, but they're usually all in the same place. We know our heart is here. We've got lungs. They are all in the same place. That's not our lungs. It's in our toes. But that's how God ordered our body. We are designed in His image. It is beautiful how God made us. But our body also needs food. Yes? Our body needs food, it needs water, it needs oxygen, it needs clothing, yes. Uh, it needs shelter, and a whole lot of more things. But these are the main things that our body needs to exist. So we all know our body. We all look different. None of us look the same. And that is the God thing about us again again. That we all look different. We're all beautiful, and we're all made in God's image. It is just astounding. How can we end up like that with, I don't know, if maybe 150 people and 60 people here, and we all look different. None of us look the same, and none of us is the same, because of our God, the creator. So now we go to our soul, and I want to read a scripture, which is right in the beginning of Genesis. And it says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life. And then the man became a living soul. This is right at the beginning. God created us from the dust. He breathed his life into us and we became a living soul. Amazing. I love that. So what is our soul? Well, our soul is usually our mind, our emotions, and our will. And our will can be, <clears throat> can be quite strong. Uh, we have sometimes have strong-willed children in our midst. Uh, and maybe you're still quite strong-willed yourself, uh, because God has given us a free will. We are not robots, because he could have. Could have made us all look the same, or feel the same, think the same, and do the same. We are not. We are all human beings. with a free will, and we are created in His image. I don't know if you knew, but there is actually a hierarchy in our soul. And uh, our mind is the captain. It's good to know. And our emotions is the engine. And... Sometimes our engine are a bit overheated. And our mind, that is the steering wheel, because our mind decides, our mind chooses what to do, how to act, what not to do. It is a, we have a, a really a great responsibility within us, and a great privilege to be able to choose what we like and what we don't like, what we want to do or not to do. So if somebody pokes you in your physical body or you've been in an accident, you've been in a car accident, uh, your body gets really hurt or damaged. And we see that in car accidents. People uh, get damaged really bad. Sometimes they get, uh, their bones are all broken and, or scars. And, you know, it's, it can look really bad. But the, for one thing, the body can restore themselves back again. Isn't it? God is able to heal a broken body. But so also our soul can get really damaged. Just as like our body, our soul can get damaged. And it usually happens when uh, people say things to us, or through our childhood, or whatever. But as a body can get bruises, so also our soul can get bruises. And we'll talk about it in a minute. So from the moment you were born, you had a body, yes, and you had a soul, but your spirit was not alive because through the fall of Adam, you know the story about the apple and Eve and all of that, uh, they sin came into the world, we were separated from God, and then our spirit was dead still, but God always has a plan. Isn't that? And even though it looked then, it looked really hopeless, you know, through, through the Bible, we read that God promised a Messiah to come uh, to restore that relationship back to Him through His Son Jesus, which is just awesome. So then, the Spirit, that is our most inner man, that is the part we get connected to God and fellowship with him and worship him and hear the word of God, you know, hear the the spirit of God. It's just a beautiful thing. But something needs to happen before that spirit becomes alive. And Nicodemus in, in John 3, he writes this in John 3 verse 5, you know, Jesus answers Nicodemus, and he said, Very truly I tell you, nobody can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. The flesh gives birth to flesh, we all know that, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. And you should not be surprised at my saying, this is Jesus talking, you must be born again. That is for all of us. We must be born again. Otherwise, we are not able to have that fellowship, this communion with God. We're not able to receive the Holy Spirit. And I don't know at what stage you uh, accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because it, it can be just in a split second when we decide in our heart, our will, and everything comes into it. In that moment, you, you, you do know you need Jesus. You do know you need him. That, that God is offering you forgiveness of sins. It's just out of this world. And in that moment, by accepting Jesus, he's a, he's, a, he's a spirit. And so he gives life to your spirit. It is an amazing moment when that happens. And for some people, it's very dramatic. And other people, it's it not as dramatic. It doesn't really matter how, how that moment is or how those days are, those first days when we have fellowship with God. The main thing is that your spirit is alive. Yes. And now you can communicate with God. Yes. And the Holy Spirit takes residence in you. It's not like it's only your spirit is alive, but also the Holy Spirit, God himself, comes in you, and those two becomes a spirit. There's a completeness, your spirit and his spirit. It is just marvelous. And then anything, anything can change. It's, it says in the Bible, we become a new creation. We've, we, we can have a new nature, not because of ourselves, but of, of that, that God-given spirit in us. And everything can, t- can change. Your mind starts to think differently. I hear people saying, I have never known that the grass was so green. And you think, hmm, have you never seen grass? But in that moment, people feel that, that the, the sky has never been so blue because they see it from a different perspective now. They, never, they said, I have never loved my children so much in that moment. Because with the Holy Spirit, there comes a whole impartation of love. And with that Holy Spirit that, that fills that vacuum in you, when we be seeking here, there, and everywhere, when we're doing the backpackers and lots of young people overseas in our home, and, um, and they say, yeah, you know, come to New Zealand and, and say, what brings you to New Zealand? I oh, so we just want to try to find ourselves a key. And so, uh, how are you? Hmm. But they come to New Zealand to find themselves. And then the other me were so, so blessed and so, so glad that we could share about Jesus. Because it is in Jesus that we have life, and life to the fullness. Jesus said, I have come that you might have abundant life. Yes? Not from your own, but from God. And so that vacuum that we have gets filled with God and his presence. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 said, But the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to them, nor can he know them, because they are spiritual discerned. Or even in Romans 8, verse 6 says, the mind governed by the flesh is dead. But the mind governed by the spirit is alive. So it's so profitable to us. So profitable. It's not only we've been forgiven, but we've been given so much more when we are giving our life to Jesus. In Ezekiel 3, verse 26, it said, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. And I will take the heart of stone. Out of your flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you. What, what, what a privilege. How honored we are. To carry the spirit of God in us. Or sometimes we just need to take note. We just need to treasure. And to, to, to stay still. To be still. And thank God. You are living within me. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? It is not your own. We have received it from God. And then, obviously, the journey starts. When we start have the Spirit in us, Everything can change because the Spirit wants to guide us, wants to show us, wants to teach us how to do life better or healing us. There is a, a, an endless teaching on about the Holy Spirit. And obviously, I have no time to do it at all. But I say to you, treasure the Holy Spirit in you. Don't discard it. Just looking, listen to His voice. Listen to his promptings. Listen if God shows anything up in your life that needs attention. Because the Holy Spirit is a gentle. But our soul wants to be the boss. Always. Because we got a strong will. So if God intended to you that, that, we, that we partner with the Holy Spirit and allow him to work in us Allow him to work in our soul and to bring healing and to bring restoration. You know, I worked with lots of young people and they became born again and, you know, they were all hallelujah and praise the Lord and all of that. And then a a week or two later, they come to me, oh, PJ, Pastor PJ, something is wrong uh, because I don't feel God I, I, just, I just lost. I lost my faith because I can't feel God. You know, our faith is not based on feelings. Our faith is based on knowing that the God who loves us is with us, regardless of if you feel Him. And I know God, God can manifest Himself. I've seen it many times in my own life and other people's lives. You know, sometimes we smell a beautiful perfume in a meeting and we know that the presence of God is here and it's just heavenly. And he can manifest himself in many other ways as he chooses. But even if he does not, it's that knowing within us that, that we are saved, that you receive salvation, that you are loved by God, regardless how I feel. In James 2, verse 26 says, The body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is death. And even though you can't feel it, you have this peace. You know, your life can be in chaos all around you for whatever reason, but God gives you that peace. That passes all understanding. That is the knowing that God is with you, that He is for you, and He will help you. So how does it all fit in with our emotions? Well, our emotions are also God-given. They are also personal, they're also universal, because how you respond to situation or how I respond to situations might be quite different. So we all have a way of responding to things that happen around us or what people say to us. You know, a baby doesn't know how to smile, does it? But when this baby sees his mother's or his father's face and we make this beautiful language, you know, la-la-la and all of that, because we want the baby to respond to us. And because they respond, what they see, and what they feel, and the touch. And you know, the moment when the, the baby smiles for the first time, I, you know, I bring myself back to this moment, it's just priceless, because you think, you've heard me, you hear me, and it is responding. So the emotions in the mind, They work together, and they build memories. And so that's why sometimes we go back into our minds, and as I just said, I can just remember that moment when one of my children started to smile the first time. That just brings so much happiness to me. But sometimes our emotions make no sense. sometimes emotions are just data or information. And sometimes we don't need to respond to all the emotions that we feel in the moment. Some emotions we just have to pass by and let it be. But other emotions we need to take attention to. You know, if you have a car driving merrily around, you think all is well with your car and all of a sudden, for goodness gracious, the red light comes on of the oil of another orange light comes on on your dashboard, saying, (laughs) and you think, oh gosh, what's happening? What's wrong with my car? Our emotions can be like that. Our emotions, if they are very strong, they can be like blinking lights in our dashboard and saying, (laughs) stop. And when we have this kind of issues with our car, the first thing you think, oh, better go to the garage because I have no clue about cars. Uh, Maybe I need some oil or some other thing. And she can you have a look? My dashboards are doing these things and sending all these warning signs. So what does um, the garage man do? He pops the bonnet. And have a look. Usually with oil or some other thing, electrical thing. And that's the same for us. When we have these popping emotions, they seem to come up just like that. We need to take attention. We need to pop our own bonnet and look underneath what is really going on because it's not the blinking lights that's the problem. It's what's going on in our bonnet, that's the problem. You know, I work with lots of young people and there are some really angry beavers, you know, young people. And I know about their hormones, because when you are young, and you know, your hormones also doesn't help with your emotions. Some of us ladies know what that means. And so they are so angry, and you know, and, and teachers say, oh, just help them with their anger and all of that. But really, it's not about their anger. That is just a warning sign. That is just a red flicking light, blinking light. What is really going on, what's happening inside. And then I have the privilege
1: to sit with those young
0: people, not talking about their anger, but talking about what is really going on. Because the soul is bruised, the soul is damaged from, I don't know, but getting the story out getting to express how they feel. Sometimes they come for twice or three times and, and they only talk about that. And I'm just privileged the Holy Spirit is there and so God to soothe their pain. Bring that restoration. It says in Psalm 23 that God is the restorer of our soul. He is. But sometimes through our childhood or through our families of work, we do get damaged. And sometimes we have not had the privilege to express how we really feel. And then we, we think, uh, you know, I better, <clears throat> I'm fine. And we stuff our emotions down because we don't feel that we can talk about it because it's too shameful, too guilty, it's too raw, it's whatever it is. And so then. Then we stuff it away. And you can do that for a while, but you can't keep doing that because your body is going to react to all your stuffed files. And we get all kinds of illness because we are emotionally so unwell. You know, in church we talk a lot about spiritual things, but I think we need to have a season to talk about, about emotional things, about our soul, how to function better. Yeah, with the help of the Holy Spirit, because you can be so spiritual but so immature emotionally. And but really, God wants that completeness in us, that our spirit and our emotional health and our body we want to be in balance, that you be in good health, that you prosper, even as your soul prospers. often we say, sit in church, and it should be the most safest place for us as believers. But even in church, we've been taught to to say, you know, know, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. And we know we're not fine. And so I encourage you to be real in this place. We are not perfect people. I am in no way a perfect pastor at all, or a wife, or a mother, or a friend. But find a way to express your emotions in a safe and a good place with a good person. I don't want you to become drama kings and queens because they only take attention. But I know one drama king, I know about one in the Bible. It's David. You know, if you any t- think if you are emotional, well, look at David's life. Because it's all recorded in the Psalms. He was just a guy who was up and down and everything, but he expressed himself in so many ways. If you think you don't know how to, to name your emotions, I, I encourage you, read the Psalms. And you will identify with some of the emotions that David writes down. So here it is from Psalm. 55. It's the New Living Translation. I'm in deep emotional turmoil, he writes. My heart is in anguish. The terror of death overpowers me. And fear and trembling overwhelms me. I can't stop shaking. Oh, how I wish I had wings like a dove. Then I would fly away and rest. Who can relate to that? I can. Sometimes you just want to fly away. But he ends this psalm with this. But as for me, I trust him. You know, whatever turmoil or whatever we're going through or drama or anything. You need to notice that God is with you in that he is, he knows he's the expert and you are the expert on you not another person I always tell my young people you are the expert on you just tell me what's going on he said have you not heard from the teachers said, I'm not interested what the teachers say about you I'm interested in what you say about you because you are the expert and you can trust God God knows. Is it wrong to be sad? Is it wrong to be depressed? Is it wrong to be angry or frustrated or disappointed? No, it isn't. We just have to be real. But in your anger or anything else, do not sin. And so that's where self-control comes in. Some people believe that that, that self control is of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes it has our own self control that doesn't want to let go. The self control of the Holy Spirit is different. And so we need to let the self control of the Holy Spirit come in our lives. So don't go alone. Find a safe place, find a safe person. And unload yourself come to me who are all who heavy laden that is God so he is always there he's, he's got an open door policy oh God it's not like his door is closed because he's on holiday or anything you can reach him at any time at any place my favorite place is still the toilet because I've got some peace and quiet sometimes and I'll be by myself and I talk to him Lord I'm just so overwhelmed or whatever And I tell him. And you know, he's listening. He wants to know how we feel. He knows. So no matter how bruised we are, our soul. So I love that scripture. that John 1, 3 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that in all respect, you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. So I'm going to end it with a story from the Bible this is from Matthew as Matthew is an eyewitness account of Jesus and he described Jesus as having a, a, how Jesus has particularly emotions to hurting people and five times in Matthew he writes about Jesus showing compassion the compassion is a, a beautiful thing to have And after Jesus healed the man with a withered hand on the Sabbath, it was not a done thing, really. So Matthew reminded his readers of a 600-year-old prophecy. So this was in Matthew's time, and it was a, a prophecy spoken 600 years before. Imagine, the Spirit of God already spoke of what was to come, the Messiah, the Restorer. It says, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not sniff out. So what does that mean? Well, you know, um, they were used to use reeds for all sorts of things because they were on the river banks. And if you got a, a reed that was a bit bent or a bit bruised, they would just toss it out and say, oh, well, just get the next one because, you know, this one is not good enough. Because there are plenty more. And what about a lamp with a damn wick? You know, if it obviously doesn't, doesn't work. Oh, don't worry, just get a new one. You know, just throw it away. And we just also live in such a throwaway country. Discard anything. Have no value of people, of who they are and where they come from or the people of the land. But it's not how God operates. He doesn't operate like that. He doesn't want to throw anything out. He wants to preserve everything. He wants to recover everything. He wants to restore everything. He is the restorer of our soul. It's an amazing God. And so, however... You know, we have been damaged and bruised in our journey. You know, there is a way forward. There is always a way forward with God. He won't sniff you out. He won't throw you away. That is our God who designed us, that we are made in His image. And He all wants us to come home. Nobody who wants to throw out it is just wonderful that our God is like that. He's our helper. You don't have to do it on your own. Don't do it on your own. Don't go alone. Let us pray.